It's a movie Leonard Clady from the Los Angeles Times called A Rocking Socking Martial Arts Saga. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates review and discuss movies that mean the most to them. Why, hello there, fellow watchers. It's me again, Whitey, and I'm your host for Born to Watch this evening. And tonight in the panic room, we're doing a Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, probably the ultimate Van Damme movie, Bloodsport. And of course, with me tonight is the team. In the studio is Gao. How are you, buddy? Excellent, and really excited to be here in the panic room again. Where's your headband? (laughs) I took it off. No, please, mate. You've got to put it back on. You've got to put it back on. I'll put it back on for the fight scenes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And, of course, uh, our man from the land, Dan. How are you, mate? Good to hear you, boys. I've drunk heaps of piss. This could go very sideways tonight. Looking forward to it. Yeah, mate. We're looking forward to hearing from you. It looks like we've got a nice, stable connection, which would be something different here on Born to Watch. But anyway, Gal. Bloodsport's a special movie for the three of us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, it's a movie Leonard Clady from the Los Angeles Times called A Rocking Socking Martial Arts Saga. Bloodsport takes you where few have ever gone, inside the hidden Hong Kong arena where elite combatants clash in the kumite, the little-known but hotly contested world championship of full-contact fighting. No Westerner had ever won this titanic tournament until iron-willed American Frank Dukes. Bloodsport is his story, a true-life triumph of bedrock courage Uncanny skill and steadfast loyalty. As Dukes, John Claude Van Damme also enjoyed a true life triumph. This role kickboxed his career as a box office favourite into overdrive. Can you believe this? Van Damme has dazzled audiences ever since, playing heroes who simply refuse to lose. And when Van Damme steps onto the mat, blood sport isn't just a sport, it's a war. Mate, was there any facts at all in that synopsis? Completely non factual. Yeah, it sounded great. But anyway, let's have a listen to the trailer. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner. You are not Japanese. I can do it. Now, for the first time, the true story of America's super agent, Frank Dukes, can be revealed. Uncle Sam can't afford to let you get hurt. I'm going to Hong Kong. Frank is going to fight in the Kumite, and we're here to stop him. An awesome human weapon. There it's me just looking at it. Who infiltrates the Chinese underworld. I did not come this far to stop now. Take him. Enter a forbidden competition. Couldn't you just get me in? Strict rules, no press. You're telling me you never break rules? Where every fighting style, every worthy opponent, every deadly technique clash in savage combat. Time to separate the men from the boys. And only one will triumph. Now I will break you. International martial arts sensation Jean Claude Van Damme in Blood Sport, the true story of the ultimate champion. Well, what a trailer and what a movie. I'm not going to try and give too much away about what I feel about this one because I tend to do that most weeks. But this is probably the movie that was the first Western martial arts film that converted me to somewhat a fan, not quite to the level of Gao, of ninja movies, of the two for seven, but when I saw this movie, I was hooked. I was always a fan of Bruce Lee, watched a lot of Bruce Lee movies, but obviously I got sick and tired of reading movies and I just wanted to watch someone kick some ass and JCVD definitely served it up in Bloodsport. What do you reckon? Same for me. I'd always had an interest in martial arts, studied for a number of years under Sensei Mark Greville at uh, Chroma Community Centre. So, you know, and this Did movie you say was... Sensei Mark, Mark Greville? <laughs> yes. He doesn't sound very Asian. He was my Shidoshi. 
Where did you Where did you train down? What uh, and what level did you? Cromer Community Centre, Morgs. Cromer Community Centre. Mate, I believe and, I, yeah, I, I I trained for a lot of, long time. I believe I got to Orange Tip somewhere along the line. <laughs> white, orange belt, tinge. White, white belt, orange tip. <laughs> What, what did what 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 um what discipline was it karate? Kaio kushin ryu karate. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just sounded like you said a guy of uh, of Mortal Kombat. What what the fuck did you just say? Uh, it wasn't Duke's Ryu, that's for sure. Yeah, that's not. That's right. That's right. Mate, so I, I, I remember. I remember you practicing your katas. Back in 1987, like when did what was your what was the span of your karate career? Oh, it was a couple of years, I think, from memory. Yeah, he went deep to what two whole years? Yeah, right into it, right into it. But two karate years is like eight years. You know, it is they're like dog years. It is. I was the original Ralph Macchio. You know when he when he uh, he's in his lounge room at the start of Karate Kid and he's practicing with the book it's from the book, <laughs> practicing his kicks. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, Dan, when you hear the words blood sport, what sort of emotion does it evoke in you? Well, I know we um, we watch these movies a, a lot and we're all about seeing a movie at least once a year. I haven't seen this one for quite some time. And uh, I tell you, the, uh, the annals of time haven't done it a favour. I, uh, I certainly I remember it very fondly. It was something that we all watched a lot in our uh, one ninja movie, one not ninja movie, one ninja movie, one not ninja movie, period. But, uh, yeah, this one, I mean, Gal, tell us about what it costs to make, but um, whatever it costs, I got fucking ripped off. It was, uh, it hasn't aged that well, the old blood sport would be my initial take, Matthew. Yeah, okay. Look, and I'm going I'm to sit on the fence here because I could easily say, look, yeah, it hasn't aged very well, but I actually still watch this movie quite regularly and I still really enjoy it. I think it's... For what it is, it's it's a pretty it's a good fun movie. There's no doubt, there's no acting nominations going in this movie. It, the acting is quite dreadful. Even Forrest Whitaker is left wanting, but it's fun to watch. And I'll tell you the thing that excited me the most is then when when the movie starts and straight away you see the Canon logo, you know what you're in for. And and when we think about the Canon pantheon of releases in that time, movies like. The Death Wish movies, Death Wish Two, Revenge of the Ninja, Charlie Bronson, yeah, yeah, Breaking, well, the and then Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, uh, Missing in Action <laughs> One and Two, uh, American Jack Ninja, Norris. American Ninja, so dudes, yeah, a but favorite th- but, here at Born to Watch. But hang on a minute, but hang on a minute, John Voight's Runaway Train, which is a fucking quality film. And How did that get produced by Canon? Yeah. That's fucking, that's definitely an outlier. Gets, it gets better, Cobra. Oh, Cobretti. Oh, drop it. Yep, right. Wow. And then it gets worse, Masters of the Universe. Ooh. And then okay, another cool. another, another Van Damme, a favourite of one of our uh, big fans, Damo Giles, Cyborg. Right? Another oh, couple. I like Cyborg too. Yeah, yeah no, it's got, the, it's, got, it's got the Hawaiian surfer as the, um, the antagonist. Yeah. From, I can't think of his name. But, yeah, uh, out of uh, War Child, out of Point Break. That's him. Oh, yeah, that's, that's him. War Child. That's him. I'm serious, man. Yeah. Look, and, and to be honest, like, not many movies are bold enough to open with a montage. But Bloodsport dives right in with a quality montage. The Not whole, only is it a montage, it's a flashback montage, isn't well, it? The, no, the flashback comes a bit later. So the, the original, the initial montage is Hong Kong, the Kumite Stadium set up, and then an introduction to the to the fighters. And you see Chong Lee breaking the ice, oh, and you see course, each of them of course, going yeah. through, right? So that's a really bold move. And, and what's even bolder is that in the first 11 minutes, there's two full montages in the first 11 minutes of this movie now. Obviously, we're huge montage fans here at Born to Watch. And Who doesn't love a montage? Exactly, exactly. But to have two in your first 11 minutes, it's either poor script writing or it's a very bold move. I'm going to err on the side of bold, but, you know, it also Who's, could... Who, who wrote it? Who was in the writer? Uh, the writer was Sheldon Lettich. Yeah. Was the guy, but maybe it was Newt Arnold. He was the director. Well, Frank Dukes had some input. Maybe he wanted the montage. Oh, we'll get yeah. Let's let's just calm the fuck down. We need to get we need to. We're going to get to that. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, look, IMDb rates Bloodsport six point eight out of ten, and which is similar. Like Step Brothers last week was six point nine. So, uh, you know, forty six percent on the tomato meter, which is poor, uh, but a seventy four percent audience. Look, I'm here. I'm saying it's this is a sad indictment on the public of today. 
this movie deserves to rate higher than than forty six. And and look, I'm I think seventy four is a bit fairer. Uh, look, and as I said earlier, I was always a massive massive Bruce Lee fan. That was my first real introduction to martial arts. But this was the first Western movie that I watched that made me fall in love with these kinds of movies. And I'm sure. Where did where did you see this one? Where did you see it? Oh, this is a VHS for me, yeah. definitely. This yeah. is no, there's no, no. I don't think anyone saw no. any of these movies, uh, any canon flicks. No, no. And, and this the, is. Uh, I, and I'm I'm try, I'm actually trying. I tried to rack my brain today thinking about when I would have seen it. Now, this movie came out in '88. I, I don't think we've seen this. We would have seen this till probably. I'm going to say 92 or 93. So we, we would have seen this after Kickboxer. Really? Yeah. I, I, well, no, I think we would have seen it before Kickboxer. Okay. I think we would have seen it before Kickboxer, which, tick, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think when we would have. S- Surely we saw it before 92, 93. Yeah, we, we, must, have. we, we must have. We must have seen we it before have. that. But but I, can't, look, I can't remember so ever two, watching two it. Two thirds of us had lost our virginity by the time we saw it. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, you can, both of you can, either of you can figure out which two of those are. Some of us are still crying in about the Christmas presents, but anyway, we'll move on. So, Gal, tell us a little bit about the amazing cast of Bloodsport. Oh, well, we've got the major star, JCVD. And this, you know, as you said before, this is the breakout movie. He's He's been in, well, he's been in, he's a star before this in No Retreat, No Surrender, one yeah, of the greatest not, movies. But of, not really a star, he's no. just the baddie. No, he's the baddie in it. But that, that's really what he's been in. And, you know, he's been in a few other little things, but this is the one that, that puts him on the map and that makes him a star. Guess what movie he was in but wasn't in before this movie? What? Predator. Oh, yes, the he, whole Predator. He played yeah. the Predator before he got shafted because he was a midget. Well, then he also didn't want to play it, I heard, too, because he, he wasn't going to be seen. Yeah. So he But he did, they did shoot quite a bit of film with him in it. But anyway, oh, did they? Yeah, okay. move on, move on. Yeah, look, then obviously he went on. He was in Cyborg, like we mentioned earlier. One of the great names in that, Gibson Rickenbacker. I didn't even know his name in that. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did I until I looked Big it up. Name. <laughs> great name. Uh, but then, you know, into Kickboxer, Death Warrant, Double Impact, Universal Soldier, Hard Target. Yeah, they start to slide now. And then Street Fighter. I yeah. don't think I saw, I saw, I've seen, I've seen all of those films and I don't think I saw one of them at the movies. So this is all our heyday of going down to Civic Video in DY and grabbing a John claude Van Damme flick. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, there's no way that the Hoyt Stringer Mall took any of our cash for this. No. We watch it in the downstairs of one of your houses. Yeah, for sure. For That's sure. it. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. This and Kickboxer. This is, it's a double, it's a double threat. Has anybody seen Kickboxer Vengeance? I've not seen any Kickboxer other than the first one. I think I saw 10 minutes of Vengeance and course, then I turned it off. Bloodsport, which I've seen none but the original. Well, there's so no need. Um, yeah. when, when, the, no. when the first one is that bad, it's good. It can only get worse from then on, I reckon. Keep going, Gowie. Well, you know what, you know what, sorry, Gowie, just one more thing. When, when I was watching this, I was thinking about other B-movies that we really used to love. And I was thinking about that Aussie doco, Not Quite Hollywood. Have you not seen that? Absolutely. Watched it not that long ago, actually. Yeah, it's a, it's a ripper. And Born to Watch fan, if uh, you're looking for something a little classy, go watch Not Quite Hollywood. But it's just, uh, it's so many movies from from that time, like preceding this, 19, what's this, 1988. Yes. That, uh, that we used to watch just on VHS, but were just so shit that they were awesome. And I, I think that that, um, this one definitely slides into that that, that sort of B movie done good caliber that, uh, that we were so fond of in the time. Absolutely. Well, we wouldn't have known any different. We would have thought this was one of the greatest films ever made. It's only yeah, I, I was, was at the time. I was flirting with. I had a typewriter, and I remember I'd, I'd, I'd started script writing at the time, and I was certainly um, I, I was probably a pseudo intellectual. Probably hadn't, hadn't passed into actual intellectual at the time, but uh, oh, yeah. I oh, do yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, in, in looking back at our, our viewing habits, we definitely loved the B-movies back in the day. Mate, I thought around this time you were just playing Leisure Suit Larry on the PC. <laughs> <laughs> I did spend a bit of time on Leisure Suit Larry, this is true. So, uh, you were ahead of the, the game. On the, on the 186. You were the ahead of the game, mate. You were ahead of the game. With the dot matrix Pentium. printer. Yeah, no, I had all, had all the good gear. Yeah, you were ahead of the game, Dan. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Sorry, Gal. I interrupted. Who else have we got, Gal? Where are we going? All right, next? we'll go straight into Donald Gibb, who's best known for his work in Revenge of the Nerds as Ogre. Oh, yes. Um, hasn't, hasn't been in a lot of things outside of that. Um, interesting enough, start off as a bouncer in the mud wrestling bar in Stripes. Yeah, right. First role. Okay. There you go. So, Dan, have you got a story no, about I'm Donald not, Gibb? I would- 
I do. I've got a Donald story. When uh, on one of my first sojourns over to, and I decided I wanted to see the world and uh, just look at other cultures. I went to Southern California because it's so different to what we've grown up with. And I went uh, to seek out Donald Gibb uh, because he was such a, um, a, a, a an auteur, actor, um, and, and you know talented. But I wanted to find out what he did with his life beyond blood sport. And the guy actually owned a diner in Southern California that uh, I went and checked out. And uh, I remember the food was pretty shit, but Donald Gibb actually lobbed in the diner. And I remember being very starstruck. And that guy is a weird looking fucker. There's a lot of, she just, remember Shannon Doherty, how her eyes didn't quite, uh, quite match. Oh, yeah, she and there's that she bird did. that Clem's loves on the internet, um, Sophie Mudd. Yep. Her eyes don't, don't yep. quite match. 27, 27%er. 27%er. When there's a 38-degree uh, line between your left eye and your right eye, you're going to you're gonna look a bit strange. And Donald Gibb, I remember him looking that very strange to me, but it seemed like an annual sort of dude. He's about your side wide. He's a big unit. Yeah, no, he's a big and, unit. Uh, I had my curly fries and, I, you know, I had some sort of hamburger and Don, Don Gibb brought it out to me and I thought, you know, Hollywood's all right. I, could, I, I think I need to, to be in this industry and that's what really kicked me off in uh, in the industry. I'll so, yeah. tell you what I'm looking forward to exploring, Dan, in, in later on to watch episodes is is the depth that you've gone into the industry and the knowledge, well, the, the, I mean, the, the breadth of knowledge that you bring to us that we are exceptionally lucky to be able to tap into a guy that is a master of so many industries. Well, I, I, I've managed to spread myself fairly um, fairly wide as far as uh, getting involved in the creative industries. And, lots of tears. You've got lots of tears, Dan. Plenty of tears. Yeah. And uh, and the arts is, is one that um, obviously is very close to my heart and, and allows me to come into contact with a lot of the luminaries that we end up discussing on this podcast. So I think I'm pretty much the perfect guy to be on the end of the phone on the land to be talking about these movies. So, yes, happy to answer any questions you have that are industry-specific at any time. Well, and you can contact us on Born to Watch on Instagram and on Facebook or Born to Watch Podcast at yeah, gmail.com. Uh, Please Bring them the on. Title it, Ark Moves Anything, and I'll, I'll be happy to riff on uh, any any director uh, colleagues that, that I know, any screenwriter colleagues that I know, and um, yeah, I'm happy to help anyone out. I look forward to Morgs talking again a bit later about your amazing script for uh, Don Brenham, which is still in pre-production and we're still waiting for that to yeah, be released. Yeah, more like pre-pre-production, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's, it's a few, it's, it's a fair way off uh, being in the can, but yeah, look, it, 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 certain, certain projects that uh, I'm just kicking over with that we'll see the light of day one of these days. But yeah, anyway, well, now you've got some, now you got some time about? on the land, Morgs. Yeah, you've got, you have to get that, Get that get out that of pre pre production. Get that typewriter back out, Dan. Yeah. And uh, and wow. We'll see. I mean that, that we can certainly talk about that in the future. Cool. Right. Keep going, Gal. Who we got? Look, I I'm just gonna to touch on this again because um there's one other role that Donald Gibb had. Um and, and I don't know if this is a cameo, so Hawkins? this might fire Morgs up. He was the letter S in the devil's potty body paint with putty on Seinfeld. Oh really? Remember the episode? <laughs> He was oh the letter S. Oh my God! Yeah, good pickup. Got to support the team. I did. He has done quite a bit. I looked at his IMD bizzle, and uh, you know, Donald Gibb has featured pretty heavily in TV and, and movies over the last twenty years. Nothing like the high net worth of uh, old mate, old mate from Commando from last week. Anyway, moving on. We've got Please. Bolo. We've got Bolo Young now. Bolo Young has been in a lot, a lot of movies, but you know, he's in Enter the Dragon and Game of Death. But uh, I guess, you know, Bloodsport was the one that brought him to our eyes, really. And, you know, he'd been, he, apart from that, he's, he's starred in a lot of things. A lot Hong of Kong Eastern movies, yeah, a lot, a lot of Eastern, Eastern movies. Uh, but but not so much over here. Double, he was in Double Impact as well. Mate, he's a big unit. Massive unit. Big unit. Well, okay, I, Whitey, I don't know. He's a, big, he's a big unit, but he's only as tall as John Clyde Bundell. So I think if we ran into him in the street, we wouldn't be thinking he's quite a big unit. We'd just be thinking he's a, a, a little... A short fat man with big boobies that he makes moves. He certainly have big boobs. There's no doubt about that. He's it's got, an impressive barrel chest on him. Yeah, so he's, got, he's got a rack. He's got a rack. He's got the double yeah, peg. He's bump. got a rack on him. He can make that thing dance. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think if you ran into him in the street, the average uh, Australian unit probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't find him that big. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Who we got, man? Who we got next, Morks? Uh, Gal, sorry, Leah Ayres. She's, uh, a, she's a pretty girl. 
Very pretty girl. Looking at the history, not done a Nothing. lot as far as, you know, she'd done the burning, 81, Bloodsport, and then she was in the player in yep. 92. That's really about nothing. it. Yeah, nothing. What's nothing the oh, it's a VD commercial. <laughs> it was from the US Department of Health. She starred. She had an affliction between her legs. I think they're called STDs these days, mate. Oh, not VD. Sorry, correct? it's not VD. Sorry. Yeah, that's. I'm, but I'm going back to '88. I'm, it's time. It's era specific. Era specific. Mate, yeah, no. you weren't getting a VD in 1988 unless there was infected tissue on the uh, on your bedroom floor. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kleenex. Many years of uh, many years of joy. Thank you. Oh, the guilt years. The guilt years. Who else we got? Uh, we got Forrest Whitaker, who really is probably one of the biggest stars. Well, he's you know, really out of the whole he's, cast. He is. He's, he's early days though. Early days. He'd been in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He'd been in The Color of Money and Platoon. Um, and then, yeah. so it seems like a strange role for him, G-Man, because he, he, he actually, I mean, Fast Times Ridge Rod High, he was a pivotal character. Platoon, he was, he was you know, one of the ensemble, but it was a good a good character. And Colour of Money, it was an excellent bit He's part. got a great role in Colour of Money. This one seems like, what, the, what was his agent thinking? It was like, Forrest, do you want to make 100 bucks and go to Kowloon in Hong Kong and hang think, out? Like, what, what was the selling? Well, you, like, you could tell by the, he really liked that Chinese food. I think it's all he went for. He went for the Chinese food that the dog wouldn't eat. Cut on the Chinese there. But he was, <laughs> apparently, Forrest is an actual karate, not like you, G-Man. Like, uh, I know you studied hard under uh, Peter Smith at Kramer Community Centre, but Forrest is actually a black belt in, in one of the karate. Oh, he's the ghost dog. It's he one is, of those ones where you samurai? G, which is, yeah, no, but he's an actual, actual, like when he's not acting, he's, he's, he's got some skills. Mad skills. I okay. don't be- well, I don't believe in belts. There shouldn't be a measure for toughness. Yeah, <laughs> there shouldn't be a ranking for toughness. <laughs> Mate, but um, hit his peak in Battlefield Earth, I'd say. I have I have not seen that movie. Haven't have you? you seen it? I, yeah. I saw Battlefield Earth at the cinema. It is the worst movie wow. I have ever seen in the cinema. It is possible. No, actually, it's not possibly. Battlefield Earth is the worst mainstream movie I have ever seen. It is shit. Yeah, yeah. now that, that aligns with the uh, critical oh, God, lack of appeal for it. it. Well, I, I heard it was really bad and it got really bad reviews and then I thought, I've got to see it. I've got to see how bad it is. And yeah, yeah I'm giving you the tip. You waste your time. I'm giving you the tip. Peter Garrett was bullshitting because L. Ron Hubbard can't save your life. <laughs> All right? <laughs> okay. It was uh no very average very move on gal. That's really it. I mean, yeah. there's not a big cast in this no, movie. There's a, there's a there's a few ensemble cast, but that's really the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, it's it, again. It's not. It's not all star, and it's definitely not going to win any. Well, it didn't win any awards, and it definitely never should or never will. It's just good fun. We enjoy it. Look, we talked about when we saw this, but you know, John Cole Van Dam has made some pretty watchable movies in his time. He's by no means. Marlon Brando when it comes to acting. But you have to admit, there's a certain charisma or presence on the screen when he's on the screen. He, he The camera likes John Claude Van Damme. And I think that the people around him, are the, the scenes when he's got with, with Leah Ayres, she's actually acting her ass off against like a cardboard cutout. But there's still a presence there from him, which is amazing really because he can't act. No, and this was at the start too. The director was looking for someone that would appeal to both the males and the females, and you know he's a, he's a star coming. I mean, you're right; he's got the charisma, yeah. and that's that's what uh, got him on there. Apparently, he wasn't up. To, he wasn't up for the part, though. I think we mentioned our favourite Michael Dudikoff earlier, but the uh, the canon the canon owner, canon or the, the executive producer wanted he wanted Dudikoff in this film, but apparently the poor guy was too tall, at yeah, too, yeah, and uh, that didn't work. And I think that's because he overpowered all these other midgets that um, we were talking about looking big on the screen. But if you uh, rolled into them on a dark night in D.Y., you'd probably piss yourself laughing. Yeah, no doubt. Look, it's 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 a small man's movie. There's no doubt about that. Old uh, old Donny Gibb Jackson is the is. Uh, giant. He's a giant. He's six foot four. Giant, giant compared to Giant, absolute giant. Okay, so let's let's talk about how often, how much we think we've seen this movie. Uh, am I, I'm going to I'm going to say the over and under his thirty. 
Now, this is a 1988 film, so it is 34 years old. I reckon I'm going to be right to do the ratings after that maths. Well done. 34 years old. I'm going to give it over or an under 30, which would be one a year. Morgs, what do you think? Over or under 30? I've seen it over 30 times, but I haven't seen it for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same. I've seen it over thirty times. Definitely. Definitely. But uh, I haven't watched this in a while till I watched it earlier in the week. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it way over thirty times. I'd go so far. So, look, I'm. Look, I think I'd be tipping nearly a hundred times. I've seen this movie, and I actually still watch this often. Yeah. It's an easy watch. I can just put this on if I'm doing some work. I can just put this on in the background, and I don't need to hear anything. And then the fight start, and I can just tune in for a couple of minutes and tune out. It's. A, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good rewatch. I, it's again, Morgs. I know it hasn't aged well. There's no doubt about that, but there's a certain charm for me about that. I guess because I've continued to watch it, but it's it's a bit easier to watch for me as a rewatch. It might be a bit more startling, having not watched it for ten or fifteen years. You might go, "Fuck!" You know, I can understand why you might think this is this is aged poorly, and there's no doubt it it has aged poorly. Well, it is dated, but that it is what it is. That's what they made it for. It's not. It's never going to be the Godfather. No, well, that's for sure. That's for sure. Is it the Godfather? What did it cost to make? Gee, what what did they spend on it? They it was a budget of one and a half to just over two million, grossed fifteen million domestically in the US and Canada, uh, and fifty million worldwide. Mate, so it's a money spinner. Now originally, originally they said it. Yeah, well, originally they said it. You know, it it made eleven million, and then it was it came out later that it made fifty million worldwide. So it was Canon's most profitable film of nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, wow. What exactly did they spend two million bucks on? <laughs> Don't know. Flying everyone over. Yeah, yeah. The accommodation, accommodation wasn't cheap in the eighties in Hong Kong. But uh, in Kowloon. Yeah, it was the last. It was one of the last. Well, was the la- one of the last movies ever filmed in the World City. It was. Yeah. So it's yeah. Kowloon's a pretty cool place, actually. But we look at we look at fifty million as a. So what else know, came out? Gal? I know well, you've got some stuff here. I do. I do. So it, it made fifty million, but we've got other movies that came out in nineteen eighty eight. Rain Man, which. Took all the awards, best picture, best director, best actor, 173 million. Yeah, right. But then you've got Three Men and a Baby, 167 million. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 156 million. Coming to America, one of our favourites, yeah. 128 million. But, I mean, there's plenty that came out. Good Morning Vietnam, Big, Crocodile Dundee 2, Cocktail, Die Hard. Die Hard came out in 88. Yeah. Uh, I love Cocktail. Beetlejuice, Young Guns. Uh, regulators. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. What a Bull Durham. You got the. I, d- I don't know. Oh, Bull gear, Durham's mate. figures. Be better. Be better, gear. Yeah. Be better. And, and another favourite, Red Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. So 88 was a pretty good. It's funny. We. Morgs, remember you and I, when we first talked about the conception for Born to Watch, that we wanted to focus on 1986. And every year we do. Seems to be a fucking bumper year in the 80s, doesn't it? Oh, there's so many good movies when you go through it each year. Yeah, and 86 is a great year, but I'll tell you what, 88's a good year too when you when you think of it that way. Yeah, there's a, there's a real lot of good movies in there. Lots of movies that we've watched over and over. Okay, so let's move into the categories. So we're going to start with Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And as usual, we're going to talk about things that we like about the movie, things that we don't so much like about the movie, and then things that we think are downright ugly. And in this section today... We're going to talk about some of the fights. Okay, well, let's start with the good. Morgs, you want to lead us away with what you thought was good about Bloodsport? Yeah, for sure. Look, John Clark Van Damme, you said before, the camera loves him. He's a good-looking rooster, all Belgian muscles. And I think just him on the screen and doing his splits, like if he's known for one thing, it's uh, it's definitely getting the groin extended as far as it possibly can. Apparently, he does it seven times yep. in this split. Yeah, you know? and you get you look, you got to you got to do what you're good at. You know, if I go to karaoke, I'm doing whip it. You got to do what you're good at. And uh, John Clyde Van Damme, he's he's going to do on the fucking split. Yeah, Tomo's Tomo's doing Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yes, oh. <laughs> great, great tune. <laughs> Joy to the world. Do you reckon he had it in his contract that he had to do the splits a certain number of times each movie? One hundred percent. But I think as soon as the director saw him do it, he was like, "Do that a fucking thing!" Like that was great. Well, he did it. He did the splits in No Retreat, No Surrender. Remember, he's he's on top of the he's on top of the ring ropes. Yes, splitting in the corner. Like he's he's this was his thing. You know, everyone's got a thing, and this is his. It's doing the splits. And having no, he was, he, that was great. And they, uh, just all of his moves, I mean, uh, 
often the editing, you'd, you'd kick a bike on the left-hand side of the face and you'd see him turn his right-hand side of the face. Uh, yeah. like it was, it was, there's definitely some continuity issues, but uh, I think that it, he looked really good on screen and all his, all his movie martial arts skills were great. So the good for me was, uh, was just Jean-Claude. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Gal? What do you think? Well, my good was Jean-Claude, but it was his outfit. Which one? Because I've got I've got about four of them. In no, his starting outfit where he wears the pleated slacks. Oh my god! Up high around the belly button. How bad's his hair? His hair terrible. <laughs> he wears the like the spandex top with the noodles noodles over his chest. Yeah, and under a leather jacket with the collar pulled up, puffed collar. Uh, look, n- not since not since Rat Park in '97 on the main oval has anyone wore their pants higher than Greg Highfield, and this guy. His pants are so high. I thought Sully's pants were high last week in that terrible gabardine suit. He loves the high pants, JCVD. He, he loves the loves pleated slacks. Yeah. He loves them. It's a ter- his, his outfits are terrible. And with the singlet. Yeah. Which oh, I don't get, but yeah. no, that's his thing. Well, mate, it, it, again, it's if you've got it, flaunt it. He's the muscles from Brussels. Anything else? I Just on that, when I watched this movie, I sat down and my eldest son, Josh, sat with me and took notes. Oh, I saw the um, photo. It's a great yep. photo. We will release that on uh, on our socials. Yeah, we'll put it out there. But he he put down his notes for the good, the bad. So his was the gruesome fight scenes. Loved it. Especially like the broken leg scene, yeah. which I remember cringing at as yeah, a kid. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, Do you know who the guy's leggy breaks is? No. Plays Tong Po in Kickboxer. Oh, I thought he was in the movie. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, good one. Yeah. Um, he said he loved the fake fighting. Thought the fake fighting scenes were awesome, and his favourite was Donald Gibb. Oh, mate, who doesn't love Donald yeah. Gibb? Well, yeah, yeah. So good on you, Josh. Well done. Yeah, well done, Joshy. That's mate. I I love seeing that photo your dad sent through to me with you taking your notes and old school too, pen and paper. Yeah, well done, well done. Keep it up. Have you shown Have you shown Joshy a photo of John Claude Van Damme in twenty twenty two? No, yeah. but he only has to look across the lounge and see uh, it in the flesh. I'm telling you, I don't know. Born to watch listeners, I don't know if you know what the G Man looks like, but just think about a shriveled Jean Claude Van Damme, and mate, they, they could be fucking identical twins. So uh, yeah, he's de- he's definitely lost a bit of his uh, bounce in those uh, glorious bodybuilding muscles. But yeah, he's, he's definitely a, a spitting image for our own G Money Matt Gowan. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that John Claude looks like George Costanza. Kansas penis at the Hamptons nowadays. <laughs> there was shrinking. The drink. The drink. Okay, so so my good. I, I, I've got quite a bit here for good, so I'm just going to condense it all. But at the start of the movie where Katana slices the cap peak, epic. Yes. Oh, and, and we'll get and we're going to get to the hat the guy wearing the hat soon. I love how he he does all the fighting and the training, and then he receives the katana sword in a brown and gold robe. It's just it's just so eighties, right? Now, what about when he first meets Donald Gibb? What games he playing? Ah, uh, they're playing karate. Karate champ. Karate champ. Yeah. Great game. Great Were game. Were you good at that, Dale? Were oh, you good at that? Oh, yeah, I would have been good at that. Yeah, smashed it up. Yeah. Not not as good as Street Fighter at that, but yeah. I thought I thought the fights the fights in general in the whole movie were great. They weren't too long. Agreed. Agreed. They they were really well choreographed, and they were just the right length and just the right uh, violence. They were great. Really, really good. I love Jackson. He was great. He's he's going to go has to be my star of the show. He was every time he's on the screen, I'm all in. Loved him. You're supposed um, to announce that later. No, no, no. But he might be. I said he might oh, be. He might be. I also love. So Forrest Whitaker's probably got the most acting chops in the whole film. Let every time he tries to speak, he gets shut down. I love it. It's almost like it's a piss take on him, which I quite enjoyed. I thought that the high pants were so bad, they were good. The whole high pants of John Claude Van Damme were good for me. I loved it. It was just. It was so good. The high pants just remind me of him doing his dance in Kickboxer. Uh, Remember look, the dance in the bar? Uh, how could I forget? The it's, worst no, no, no. dance. It, it's the greatest dance sequence in all of cinema. <laughs> it is the greatest dance sequence in all cinema. And guys, I'm actually going to put a link this time in the show notes to the dance sequence in Kickboxer, and you have to watch it. It's one of the greatest dance sequences right. ever. It includes his little clap in the middle. Yeah, and, and very easily could find himself in Beric's dad's dance crew. No doubt. Now let's move into the fights. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to start and sort of pick some of our highlights. 
Uh, and, and we're only really going to talk about Frank uh, Frank Dukes and, and Chong Lee's fights because, you know, the rest of them are sort of irrelevant except for Monkey Man who... I've got Chong Lee's first fight where he's fighting the Bruce Lee wannabe. Just essentially just stalks him and then just murders him. It's not even a life or death. He just broke his neck and then danced terribly around the... Does the double arm pump. Does the double arm pump. It was one of the worst celebrators in the history of cinema. One of the worst. Yeah. But you know what I liked about it was he just he just stands up with the pure disdain and then yeah. just does the double nose. He, yeah, he loves the, double the nose, nose blow. blow Big and then, nostrils. And then just walks up, hands down. Yeah. Takes yeah. him out. Yeah. Breaks his neck. And the crowd loves it. The crowd's just loving it. Do you know what I like about that? That's the one where he sets the record in his first fight. Yep. Is it right? Yep. So he sets the record. What do you reckon? You know when, when you watch movies like this where people are betting on fights and it's, it's sort of underground fighting. Yes, yes. Never just holding the cash. Yes. How the fuck do they remember who's betting on what? Morgs. And keep it and Morgs. I'd say it's, it's a fucking TV, it's a movie trope yeah. and I never fucking it, it understand. It annoys the shit out of me. I was thinking exactly Everyone the same did. thing going, who the fuck, how does he know how much, who's bet on who and how much money they bet? In, in every movie, it's the same. When it's just it's just one fucking prick and you and your and your twenty bucks and yeah. you can't even remember if you hit the tails. How the fuck do I remember three hundred Asian men yeah. with uh, fanning cash out on and who's who's won what? Yeah, yeah. shit's in a tear. Somebody's making cash out of that. Yeah, yeah. Easily yeah. just walking away with the cash for sure. But do you know what I like about that is one of the great things is he knocks him out. It's it's a world record, fourteen point eight seconds. Is that is that what it was? Yeah, it's four, yeah, yeah, yep. But not only did he knock him out in that, they managed to stencil it onto the board and then put the board up. Yeah. It's not timed on a clock. <laughs> so so they managed to somehow get that time, and this is 88. But it gets better. Or it's even, it's supposed to be before yeah. that. He somehow gets that, and they and they stencil on there and put it up under his name yeah. within a matter of seconds. Yep, yep. New world record, 14.8 seconds. And then that's going to lead us into uh, the Frank Dukes. Okay, well, so have you got have you got anything to add about that first fight? Because obviously Chong Lee would be one of your favourite characters of all time. There's a theme here. Well, uh, you know I'm fond of a Chong, and he's in my top ten Chongs. But no, look, I think that he he definitely he stayed in his lane a lot. Our friend Chong Lee definitely put into the dragon and uh, and through to uh, I don't think he's appearing in anything but martial arts flicks from the seventies and eighties. So uh, no, he was he was pretty shit out, but it was as a as an antagonist. Certainly can't be faulted from the, uh, the, the the rest of the film. Is Chong Lee above Ray Dawn Chong? Yes, yes, very much about. Uh, I mean, different Chongs. You know, I, I like I like I like several types of Chongs, and uh, yeah, these two, the acting Chongs, aren't my favourite. Okay. okay, not the professional acting Chongs, anyway. So then I'll lead <laughs> us into uh, the next fight we're going to highlight. That's Frank Dukes' first one against Hussein Hussein, who is one of the greatest creeps in cinema, up there with Sully from Commando. Kicks his ass. It's just it's such irony as they've had the the discussion and the to do in the uh, bar in the bar yeah in the bar beforehand and he he wins the the, the girl in one of the creepiest scenes in nineteen eighty eight and doesn't particularly work too well in twenty twenty two I'll tell you but kicks his ass knocks him out with a stare and he awakes and he's well he, he knocks him out with a stare and he wins in world record time of twelve point two seconds. He then wakes up and John claude Van Damme or Frank Dukes knocks him out again with an elbow and he's got the world record. Now, I timed this. Now, when he knocks him out with a stare, it's 16.51 seconds. Now, not 12.2. Then when he knocks him out with the elbow, it's about 22 seconds or 23 seconds. So, I don't know where they get 12.2 seconds from. But anyway, I know it's movie magic, but... They've got to be better than that. Yep. I can't believe this, though. Hussein gets in there. He's been in there for 10 He gets knocked down, and then John claude looks at him and puts the fist up, and then he just plays dead. He's He's been going to this. He's one of the toughest guys in the world, going to this kumite, yeah. and then just lays down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what do you reckon, Morgs? He's got a nice gold tooth, too. No, he's had to grab another bottle of wine. Um, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got a nice gold tooth. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And then the next, the next fight is the which is surprising, which is in a bit of a montage, which Ban Chong Lee doesn't murder this guy, which is nice, which is a nice change. And then the next fight is is essentially Frank Dukes kicks the guy about thirty times in the face. In once, I think his guy, I think his name is actually Aussie. He's he's an Aussie guy, and he's a, he's called Aussie in the in the in the credits, which is hilarious. Is this the one where he, he does all the roundhouse kicks? No, it's the one where he's doing the. Just the, 
Oh, he's, yeah, he's standing yeah, up on yeah, the on yeah. the hind leg, and he's just like, you know, each side of his face, and then just kicks him off the mat, which is great. Have you got any other fights you want to talk about, Gal? You would. No, no, that that's it. Right, I, let's I, I'm trying to remember because there's so many fights in that in that yeah. bit. I'm trying to remember which one we're at. Can I can I just ask what what martial art did Ray Jackson practice? Okay, so you know that he did not do one ounce of martial arts the whole movie. He did it a pretty, just, like, pretty good. All of them. Because they look pretty like the most of the fights are good. Like if there's a strength of this movie, it's the fucking fights. They're all they're all cool. They're not very realistic, but at least they look very well choreographed. And then you've got Ray Jackson, six foot four, mud guts. I don't know what he does. What's the one where he grabs two hands and does like a two hand punch, like a backhander? What the what the fuck's going on with this guy? Yeah, that's the double club. That's all he does. The double club, it's yeah. The cap- it's like, the it's captain not exactly the swiftest move. No, so I, that was yeah. I was, it's probably it's uh, it's 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 definitely segueing into bad. But it was just like everyone else seemed very talented, and I believe they didn't even have stuntmen in this film. Is that right, there? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what I did like about these scenes is they all just sit there watching the fights, and then when it's their turn, they just get up and fight. They just get up and fight. There's yeah. no there's no warm up. Yeah. There's yeah. no warm down. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's old school. It's old school. And in a couple of scenes, if you notice carefully. A couple of the guys that get knocked out when they pan to the crowd are, are sitting, sitting in, in the, the crowd. crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but but the final, the final, the final's a good fight. I, I, and, and look, it's so obvious in that final that Frank Dukes is such a superior fighter to everyone in the Kumite. Like he's got, he is so much better. He's even so much better than John Cle- Chong Lee. Because remember, he's weak in the gut, right? So he, he and for someone that says that he's weak in the gut. Takes him about four minutes to finally punch him in the guts, but then he obviously gets the white powder that blinds him, cheating Banchong, and then which um, no one notices, which no one notices, which is amazing because it looked it looked the like guy Tony shoved the Mentos, he shoved the Mentos down his fucking pants, yeah. down the bonds, and then he flicks it out in slow mo. The crowd is sitting three foot from the mat. Who, who thinks he's not cheating? And then Frankie Dukes goes, but what what exactly powder do you do you throw into someone's eyes where they go from blurred vision to complete I'm blind within thirty seven seconds? It's uh, it's quite the um, the plot device there. Yeah, it's 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 quite odd. There's some good facials in that in that period. Of, oh, the slime is a fantastic slime flex. Yeah, I think this is where John Woo took uh, his, his oh, motivation. It's exactly what I was about right? to say. Is it John Woo that comes in here? If there were some doves. If there were some fucking doves floating <laughs> yeah. from the mat, it would just be a John Lewis special. Yeah, yeah. Look, and it's funny, like, there was so much powder that came out of that hand. It looked like Tony Montana's office. <laughs> uh, it was it was, it was, was incredible that no one noticed. The referee was useless. I was going to say, the ref, so, Chong Lee throws him at Dukes, and then he just stands there. Yeah, yeah. And um, then he puts him behind, and the ref doesn't say anything, just stands behind him. Yeah. No, the ref the ref was hopeless. Yeah. He was bad. He was like a WWE ref. Terrible. Oh, the best about that, too, was when John Claude does that massive leap and does the massive splits in the air about six foot off the ground. Yeah. And then Chung Lee, for some reason, rolls between his legs. Yeah. That was all he was doing was rolling. Yeah, it was a roll. It was a powerful roll. It was a power roll, which he got well out of the way. But of. it was quite funny. But, but we know, the viewer knows, that it doesn't matter that Frank has been blinded because... We saw Chekhov's blindfold early in the game where he learnt to fight blindfold and we knew didn't matter, Chong Lee, you're going down. You knew there was going to be a callback. Yeah. 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 yeah, we, yeah. Knew, we knew and we knew that the minute that he – that was actually – Chong Lee probably had more chance of winning without blinding him. Well, he'd also trained on the, on the raised mat. You know, he had the raised mat. That's so it. when they put the mat up, you knew. Mate, it was game on. Don't know why the mat goes up. but No idea. No idea. No idea. But look, it's a good fight. He obviously then smashes him, makes him call Matei, and gets the moral, not only the physical victory, but more than that, that's a moral victory. And he gets the bandana and back. And he gets the bandana back, the Harley Davidson bandana. So, yeah, look, good fight. The fights are great. I love the fights. It's amazing. It's a really good movie when it comes to the fights. We didn't talk about the uh, the movie Tiger Guy. Where, oh, Paco. Where, uh, John Paco. Claude. Yeah, is that is that Paco? Yeah. yeah. Where they where John Claude just goes all um, it's all bit rope dope. Where yes. he's just like yeah, come on, and yeah. kick me in the ribs, and then kicks him and kicks him. Yeah. That's pretty fucking. That is that is sick. And then he just ends up kicking him about ten times in a row. I reckon he stole that straight yeah. from Sly. Definitely, he stole it straight from Rocky. Getting yeah. punched. Come on, oh, hit me, hit yeah, me. Yeah, that was. Yeah. You paper champion. You ain't a thing. You paper champ. Yeah, Rocky three. Actually, you know a really good one is in, I think it's Chong Lee's second fight, one of those fights. He knocks a bloke out with a palm to the chest. 
Oh, Chong Lee's powerful. Gives him the palm in the chest and the guy's out cold on the ground. Stopped his heart. <laughs> what, might have been. Chong Lee murdered three people in the Kumite. I know it's a full contact martial arts tournament, but they surely just can't murder people. What I like about it is when, when Frank Dukes is coming in, when John Claude's coming in and he is late, they're about to they're about to kick him out of the whole thing. There's police right? everywhere. Yeah, and they're about to kick him out, and, and and he only just makes it. But when he kills a guy, they just turn their backs on him, and yeah. then he's brick. He's allowed to go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality. I, yeah, no, it's funny. Anyway, let's slide into the bad. I'm going to start off here. John Claude's Van Damme hair at the start is pathetic. It looks like Sloan Nixon's now. We talked about the flat top just being the flat. There's absolutely no volume to that. Gets better as the movie goes on, but at the start when he's supposed to be 17 or 18, the hair's bad. just really is bad. The, the flashback scene, we talked about the flashback scene at the start, at the start, Morgs, where, they, where he's in Katana's or in the, you know, Tanaka's house. That's just, it's some of, it leads into some of the worst acting I have ever seen. Now, I'm saving that for ugly, but in this scene where he breaks in, his mates do the bolt, Little kid comes in, kicks him. He then ends up saying, well, you know, I'm going to use you as a crash test dummy for my son and goes to talk to his parents. Now, his parents are some of the worst actors I've ever seen. It's shocking how bad they are. You think... And the, and the young Frank Dukes actor leaves any Australian kid actor for dead for how bad he is. You think he was dubbed by Celine Dion? <laughs> He's bad, man. He's so bad. He's so bad. He's bad, but he's perfect as a young Jean Claude Van Damme. Like well, they, they, you could, yeah, it's actually believable that he is a a, a young Jean Claude Van Damme because he's so shit. Yeah. but <laughs> so is Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Look, um, my, another bad I've got is the chase sequence in Hong Kong when Forrest Whitaker and the other FBI guy are chasing and he's playing. Oh, the bumbling. The oh bumbling my lore. god. Yeah. The when song is so bad that's playing on it, right? It is so bad that song, but which is which is odd because I think this movie has got a great soundtrack and and score. It's it's awesome, fucking love it. But the "Steal the Night" song when they're doing the chase is bad, and not only that, then the inevitable fall in the water, like it's so corny, like it's even corny for a B grade movie. How bad that is! His fall in the water is terrible. Oh, God. You see him throw himself yeah, back. Yeah, it just and you know it's coming as yeah. soon as they run down to the boats. Yeah. I, I, anyone else got anything? No, I, I got rid of all my bad. Yeah. All right. In the fights. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, more? You got anything? Yeah, we talked about Ray Jackson's martial art, which I don't know it's, it's fat cunt punching with two fists. So I don't know that that would get you an invite to the kumite. Uh, but the also the use of slow-mo, which I kind of love, but is kind of it's overused. So the whole flex slow-mo ah! are awesome, but you don't need to use them in every single fight. So uh, I think that probably the editors uh, went a bit hard on the slow-mo, but overall bad. I mean, it's yeah, there's a few questionable actors in there. The two guys... The two Asian guys that uh, asked Frank Dukes that they question his credentials when he's checking yes. into the Kumite, and yes. they, yeah, and that's it, mate. I don't know where they got the, him and the wife of the sensei at the start. Oh, I think bad. literally they were just they were just walking past in Kowloon, and they're like, "Fucking hell, we've run out of money. Um, we, we haven't got any bucks to pay anyone. Yeah. Let's just grab the first three people that we see." So she was particularly shit out, but those two were uh, only mildly better. Yeah, look, I've got. I've got two more. The there's absolutely no need for the red undie scene after the sex scene. There's or after the the night that he spends <laughs> it. There is no need for him just pulling out the undies, pull it, but pulling pulling the undies out of his ass crack, yep, yep. right, and just <laughs> pushing them. And it's like there's, that's just gratuitous. Part of his contract. It's it's definitely I'm sure another, he's put he it goes in have a go at my ass. Yeah. Get this on camera. And also just Janice in general. Like how far, how long is she, how far has she come from day one to to the final day where. She was so concerned about this full contact. He's going to die. She's fucking front row clapping like a fangirl at the mm-hmm. final about how amazing this is and people are dying in front of her face, right? It's just odd. I think that whole thing to be odd. But, again, I'm nitpicking a little bit. You know. Well, she went from dobbing him into the cops yeah, yeah. to, to be sitting there ringside. It's all in the matter of two days. Yeah, yeah. All right. So then, ugly. You got anything for ugly? 
I do. I just think the the whole uh, eleven minute flashback scene, just with that, as much as he is like Jean Claude Van Damme, that kid is playing young Frank Dukes. My God, yeah. I mean, he is just a special, special unit. And to dedicate that much screen time <sighs> to the backstory and then cut into the close-up of Jean-Claude Van Damme with the smell of fart <laughs> acting, uh, honestly, yeah. like, it's, and apparently that flashback, is just, that's the longest flashback in movie history, 11 minutes. So I don't know if that's true. That might be Wikipedia. Um, so I don't know if Dr. Google is, is quite correct there. But... Yeah, that whole sequence, and I have a particular disdain for young actors of the shit house and the young Frank Dukes. He is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's a tragedy. He he's a tragedy. He is the worst child actor I've ever seen in any movie. He is so bad. When he when he saves the kid from the bullies and kicks the kid and stands there like he's in a fight pose, he can't even do that. It's just what it, Carter. What Carter was that guy? I mean, he was striking when uh, when when he, he defeats the bully. It was the Kobayashi? <laughs> the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like in the scene where he's actually helping Shingo out. So he can't beat Shingo up, and Shingo's getting beaten by three kids, and then he runs over and just manages to get rid of them all. It shows how far he's come. Oh well, he moved a long way quickly, didn't he? Yeah, Shitoshi Shitoshi Tanaka is is amazing. The whole bet for the woman scene in the bar. I don't know what they're thinking. I, I, it didn't age very well. No, it yeah, has not aged well And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm not the most woke person on planet Earth. And even that made me go, even in 88, surely when we watched that, we were like, come on, guys, like, be better. The fact that he says, well, you know, if you win, you can have her. Don't you just walk away with her? You know what I mean? Don't you just save her and just walk out? Why do you have to have, I know he thinks he's going to win. It's just it's uh, it just doesn't play. It's an all round bad scene. It's just bad. Yeah, it can't be saved. No, it can't be saved. It's terrible. Yeah, I think and I think Hussein with the gold tooth is a creep only equaled by Sully from Commando. He's bad. So anyway, what about the creepy guy? You're a good fighter. Good, good. Oh yeah, you feel good today. He's the bookie. Yeah, he creeped. Dirty bookie. Janice Janice boned him to get into the Kumite. She did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Janice, mate. She just she did whatever she could to get in there. You got anything else, Gal? No, I'm gonna bounce into the ugly. Please do. Which bounce into listen to this. So don't wanna don't wanna tread on your on your things here, but I wanna talk about Frank Dukes and his alleged record and why this movie was made. So a lot of these stories and, and we'll just start with the credits at the end. Three hundred and twenty nine matches from nineteen seventy five to nineteen eighty. That's a lot of matches. That's a lot of matches. Retired undefeated. Four world records. Fastest knockout, 3.2 seconds. Fastest punch with a knockout, 0.12 seconds. How do they measure this? How do they... No, no, no. How do they measure the fastest kick? 72 like, miles yeah, per hour. How do they measure that in the in, in, in the 70s? Yeah. So there's a whole story that, you know, all of this... Well, it's, it's not a story. It's fabricated. He's made all of this up. Yeah. And, you know... He said he was recruited by the CIA. There's, there's no record of any of that. And even the, uh, the co-writer, Sheldon Ledditch... He's the guy that came up with the idea, but he said he'd known Frank Dukes for a, a few months and then he told him a lot of stories and he said, which most turned out to be bullshit, but then he told him about this Kumite and he went, well, that's a really good idea for a movie and that's where this all spawned from. But he was he, Frank Dukes introduced him to a guy called Richard Bender who claimed he was at the Kumite and swore by everything, but later on found out that... You know, surprise, surprise. He, he paid him off. So to me, that's the bad of the movie because this whole thing is based, is you know... Do you know what? Loosely I, based on his I'd, life. I'd have more respect for it if it was like Fargo, where it's based on true story, and it's obviously not. Like this, this guy still swears blind today that this is true today, even though it has been essentially proven untrue, massively debunked. Yeah, debunked. He's never it's been. Never a good story, like you know. Man, it's, it's a great you know, movie. Shanta, sh- like Shandaram. You know, do you guys enjoy that book? Never read it. Uh, it's, it's a similar sort of thing. It was kind of, it was, it, it, it kind of inferred that it was true and then it was found out not to be true and it didn't fucking matter because it was still a great story. But yeah. why bullshit at the start, Frank Dukes? Like, it's, this is a fun story. You don't need to tell us you were recruited by the CIA and, and, and fighting in this underground uh, committee that no one's ever heard of and some of that million little pieces. You guys read that? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah, so the same thing. Like it, it's, it gets yeah. the notoriety on the basis that they say it's true, but it's a great story anyway. So who gives a fuck? But well, exactly it's right. It's kind of tainted a bit when they they found out the bit of bullshit. Mm. I wonder it's just, who cares? Like it's yeah. a great story. He's an he's an outright liar. Well, and that you know, strong strong words from the G man. Well, mate, this brings me to another bloke that's told a few tall tales in his time. Keep going. It's a bloke that reckons he got two hundred and sixty three lines of Tetris. <laughs> Never been seen, Morgs. I said 166, and it wasn't bullshit. And fucking Sloan Nixon has been into me for 15 years. I fucking got it. I'm really good at Game Boy Tetris. I haven't been able to replicate it because the stress is too much. That wasn't bullshit. Mate, it's mate an, you, I don't want to say you're a liar, but it's an outright lie. But, mate, you, you did get one bit right there, though, Morgs. You're a hell of a Game Boy. But anyway, moving on. Quotes. Quotes. Oh, well. What do you got? Well, we've actually got a new we've got a new category today. And it's in honor of our man on the land, Dan. Funny as balls. So it's our funny as balls moment of the of the movie. And if it ends up being one of your quotes, just call it out as your funny as balls, because there are a couple here that I actually saved one for the funniest balls, but I've also got another quote in here that made me laugh out loud. I think I know what that one is, but yeah. we'll wait for it. Yeah. So anyway, Morgs, you got anything in the quote area or what do you got there, mate? No, I haven't got anything. Oh, nice. Okay. Gal, yeah, what do you got? My funniest ball. We do funniest balls. Go for it. If you've got, we'll do funniest balls. My funniest balls moment is when the cops are after Dukes and he's walking through the laneway. Right. Yeah. Did you have this? Keep going. He's walking through the laneway. The three cops get up the end, the chief and, and the two American CIA agents. And then he starts walking towards them. And these guys, these cops don't come out behind him. They just appear beside him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the most feared fighters in, in an underground. You know, Kumite, he knocks them out. He walks up to the cop. The cop tries to get his gun out. The the American cop grabs him and says, no, we need him alive. So then he just lets him go. Yeah. Just, no, sorry, just no, before that. he shoots that, the electric thing. And he yeah, no, he picks up the, picks bin, up the can bin can lid, lid and shoots them back. Yeah. And yeah. It's outrageous, that it whole thing. It is outrageous. Look, my, my funniest balls is not a um, one like that. Mine is actually a legitimate, what I found was a legitimate funny part, which was Jackson's attempt at the demuck. When he goes, when he smashes, when he smashes it, and he goes, "See, not a scratch on it," and then he goes, "Neither is this," and he smashes it over yeah. his head. Right? I was cacking at that, but the other one that was in a photo finish with was, "I ain't your pal, dick face." <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was oh, coming. Oh fuck! I love the best. It. It's the best line in the whole movie. Yeah, I love that bit. That's so good. Another couple quotes that I like: "I'm Lynn. You Jackson. Like, put up your dukes, right?" Like uh, and what else is there? What the hell is a D Mac? Like it's just so many stupid. Uh, you lose, American asshole. It's not a it's not a great quote movie, but there's a couple things in there. I like I like when Victor is it Victor? Is that his name? Their little mate, their manager. Oh, it's Lynn. Lynn is Lynn. it? When he says to them, "There's three ways to win this. One, you knock him out. Two, you make him say mate. Three, you throw the fucker right up the runway." <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the I like the uh, Shatoshi Shatoshi are you are you are you asleep? Do you sleep with your eyes open? <laughs> what about Jackson? That's why they call this thing blood sport, kid. Oh yeah, that was good. That was good. That was good. Okay, so we've we've gone through the quotes. We've done funny as balls. You got any funny as balls, Morgs? No, I already said fucking no. I fucking I don't think any of that was funny as balls. We need to rethink this whole segment. You're a fuckwit, Morgs. Seriously. Have another glass of wine. Have another glass of fucking wine. Can do. All right. Go for it. Do it now, please. Okay, so that's going to take us in a needle drop. Mate, Stan Bush, take it away, Morgs. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts on the needle yeah, drop? Yeah, I, I mean, Stan Bush, like, it does not disappoint. Like when, we, we used to refer to these as just a kick-ass fucking closing credit song, and it, you probably didn't realise that Stan Bush was responsible, along with Frank Stallone, for many of these. But uh, Stan Bush, uh, just, uh, I, I think he, uh, he peaked in No Retreat, No Surrender, but uh, definitely adds... Certainly, some uh, some classics to this particular song as well, and I think um, you got the touch. Definitely, that was, definitely uh, used in, in, in Boogie Nights. Um, yeah. Definitely uh, a favourite, and uh, also featured in the Transformers movies. The Transformers but, uh, movie, yeah. 
Yeah, but Stan Bush just on absolute song again in uh, in Bloodsport, and uh, I think just a, a credit to himself and the eighties in general. Yeah, so Stan Bush, an absolute legend, and as you said, Mork, some of the kick-ass credit songs, uh, some of the best kick-ass credit songs in the history of cinema. Yeah, only probably challenged by Survivor uh, and some of the songs that they did for the Rocky franchise. But there's a song in Bloodsport when he's he's down on his he's down and he's he's on the bus and he's sort of just touring. Hong Kong and he's feeling alone and it's called On My Own. It's some of the best lyrics you'll ever find in a song. It starts like this, it goes, It hurts to find you failed the test, knowing that you gave your best. As your friend, I'll never let you down. I know you didn't mean to leave me on my own, alone at night. I'm going to gather my strength, going to find the power. Then you know I'm going to make it right on my own. It's just like romance. Not a lot of not a lot of subjects in there. It's a bit uh, lacking in metaphor. A bit like Bon Jovi's, definitely, which we all loved at the time as well. But uh, you certainly didn't have to dig deep beyond the surface to work out what Stan Bush or John Bon Jovi were trying to say. Yeah, no. Look, he's one of the best. He he can really, he really knows just how to. It's it's more the it's more the music than the lyrics. You're not listening to the lyrics so much. It's but obviously the song. Fight for Love is in there as well. Uh, it's just, he kills it. Stan Bush just kills it. The, the soundtrack to this this movie, is, I reckon, is excellent. Well, how many songs is there? And they're, they're just Stan Bush's. Yeah. Three three songs. Yeah, yeah. And they just, like, it's, and it's just, they just riff on those songs. So mm. there's, like, Muzak, Muzak versions of it in the background. You know, mm. it's just terrible. When he's on his own on the bus and yeah. on my own alone. Oh, oh, mate, it's so good. It's more said, there's no subtext. It's just what you see is what you get. And that's Stan Bush uh, to a T. So, obviously, moving on from uh, the needle drop, we're gonna we're almost done. It's scary. This has gone fast. It's been fun. What about? Oh, there's one more. Of what about this? What do we call? What's that one called? Listen to this. Oh, listen to this. No, we did. We do listen to this. Okay, no, we didn't do listen to this. Let's go and do listen to this. More. Oh, no, one listen to this. Hang on, yeah, let's... one listen to this. Yeah, listen it. to this. Apparently, this is one of Donald fucking Trump's favorite movies. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, shit you not. That orange freak loves Bloodsport as we did as fucking 16-year-olds. Um, that is, uh, yeah, a bit disturbing that he's a 72-year-old uh, fake tan obese unit that uh, counted as one of his top five. So that, for me, was disturbing. Yeah, look, Trumpy. He's got good taste in film. That's about all he's got. That's about all he's got. So let's move to star of the show. What are you thinking, Gow? Who's your star of the show? What do you do? It's got to be John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, he's Morg. the star. Yeah, Morgs. Can't go past him. JCVD. Yeah, John Claude for me. He's the star. He's got some sort of charisma. There's no doubt. Can't act for shit, but he's definitely got some presence on the screen. Okay. Final thoughts. I really like Bloodsport. It hasn't aged particularly well, but I don't care. I think the fact that I still watch it regularly, it probably hasn't. It, it's probably helped it not age as bad for me. I understand more because you're not seeing it 15 years. It would look like some uh, ancient relic, but I still love it. The fight scenes are amazing. The choreography, uh, the choreography in it is amazing. The soundtrack is great. The acting is awful, but I, as a package, I think it's good fun. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know what you get with this. Yeah, it's not. It's what it is. Yeah, and it's bad acting, and it's you know. It's a it's a small budget movie, yeah, and it was really really good in its day. Yeah, hasn't aged well. We've we've said that a few times, but it's still something you're gonna watch because it's it's easy to watch. Absolutely. What do you think, Morgs? It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen it in fifteen years. I won't be watching it for at least another fifteen years. Fucking awful. Really? I did, I got I got. I mean, I just don't see what I, all I do is see the flaws now. At the time, I, th- I sort of saw the fun of it and saw the fight scenes, but now all I do is think, fucking cost two million dollars. What did they spend the other one point nine eight five million dollars that I didn't pay John Claude Van Damme on? Like Jesus Christ! And what did they shoot it on? Fucking handicam mini disc. Like what? What is going on there? So no, it won't uh, won't be re rewatched uh, for me again ever. Okay. So then we'll move into our ratings. It's going to be to see what Morgs. I said, well, it's going to lead straight into you, Morgs. What sort of rating are you going to give this? And today... Yeah, we're, because we're, because I was so fond of it uh, when we were young blokes, I'm going to give it a two, but uh, I'm being generous with a two. 
Okay, and today we're going to rate it as uh, fake underground underground martial arts tournaments. So yeah, Morks is giving it two, uh, it's two kumites for me. Yeah, two kumites. And uh, Gao, what are you going to give it? 2.5 kumites for me. 2.5 kumites. Okay, look, I'm going to give this three. I've It's still dear to my heart. I still enjoy it. I love the fight scenes. I'm going to give it three kumites. So we're just going to wait a minute while you add this up. I'm not adding it up. I've given yeah, it. Come on, mate. Just, just off the top of your head. Okay, yeah, so two, tell me, tell me. Two, two, and three. Come on, mate. Come on. 2.5. Oh, well done. Well done. Well done. Yes, okay. See, so I'm calling bullshit. I reckon the only reason you pick three was so that you could actually <laughs> work out the average. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not that smart. I, I'm not that quick on the quip. And, you know, that's that's what even without an edit. So, Gal, where's... Where's Bloodsport going to sit at uh, at three Akumites in the pantheon of Born to Watch films? It's not fucking three. It's two and a half. Oh, you sorry, sorry. Two and a, where, does, where does it sit at two and a half Akumites? It sits right alongside the Golden Child with two and a half Ajanti daggers. And that's at the bottom of our list. Equal last. Equal last at the moment. Equal last. It's about where it should sit in the movies we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it does. It does sit. I, I'm quite comfortable saying it's as equal a movie as Golden Child. Which is a slight on Eddie, yeah. but it probably is about the same sort of standard. When you look, it's 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 no backdraft. It's certainly not Commando, Step Brothers. Nah, it doesn't compare. doesn't compare. All right. So, what are we watching? I haven't yeah. watched much this week, to be honest. Yeah. Um, been been watching a bit of Animal Kingdom. Okay. I think I mentioned that last week, but that's really all I've had time for. Yep. What about you, Morgs? Got anything to suggest? Uh, Better Call Saul. Just finished the, uh, the 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 mid season cut off for the final season of Better Call Saul. If you haven't watched it, fucking watch it. Did you like Breaking Bad? Of course, it was amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on, sorry. Whitey, what's your thoughts on Breaking Bad? Yeah, the first two episodes of season one are pretty cool. Your fucking shit. How can you have a podcast that talks about culture and film and television and fucking not have seen Breaking Bad? Anyway, we'll talk about that on another episode. But. Everyone else out there, better call Saul. Just fucking watch it. It's amazing. Okay. You finished? Thank you. I watched part two of season four of Stranger Things. A really good finish. Four hours and two episodes. It's well worth a watch. I'd say it's probably the second best season, season four, after season one. So, yeah, Stranger Things season four, well worth a watch. Get into it now. It's all on Netflix. It's been fully released. And that's it from us for this week. Another quality Born to Watch episode. Bloodsport, dear to all of us now, except for Morgs. What are we doing next week? What's next, our next week movie? Next week. Can I fucking pick one? Can I pick one? Sure, mate. Go for it, please. We pick Tombstone. Okay, I'll be, I'll be a Huckleberry. Yeah. I'll be a Huckleberry. It's a bit, it's, we, we haven't done a Kurt Russell film for at least three weeks, so <laughs> I just want to get back into it. We've get missed back him. Into our lane. We've missed him. We've missed him. Val yeah. Kilmer, yeah. Uh, fucking Tombstone. You guys are going to love this one. Yeah, no, Tombstones is a, is a great Western, one of our favourites, and oh. we're giving it away early. Awesome movie. I can't wait to watch this on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I don't even Mate, think, you I, usually fuck it up in the first 30 seconds of the actual podcast, not before we even start the podcast. I, well, well, I didn't fuck it up this one, so I'm making up. So I'm just getting I'm getting rid of it early. So <laughs> look, I, I do love, I do love, <laughs> just a little secret inside, I love Tombstone, so you know how I sit on this one. And that's the next episode, so go fuck yourself, Morgs. And look, it's been great. I thoroughly enjoyed another episode of Born to Watch. It was good to have Dan from the land, and he was nice and very clear and very loud. So we should have no complaints from Craig Plimmer asking to please turn up Daniel, and we've done that this week. I can't wait for next week. Tombstone. See you then, boys. See you later. Nice one, kids. Good fun. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends. 